0: Grateful to be together this morning. What a what an awesome awesome job our kids did this morning. Can you give them a hand? You know when we mess around with the stage a little bit, it's, it kind of starts to throw you for a loop. I I looked over and and Greg Dufour looked like he was playing a fireplace uh, little mantle set, but that's actually the B three. But uh, we are grateful for for all the incredible ministries that. That take place here at neighborhood church and and we're truly truly thankful uh, for the opportunity to spotlight our kids and the ministry that's being done the investments that are being made in young lives and uh, we don't often get the opportunity to thank uh, gail chamberlain our children's ministry director i'd like to invite her to the stage <laughs> gail we have a little gift for you and for terry uh what what we don't often see is the work that goes into pulling something like this off. And uh, Gail and her husband, Terry Chamberlain, uh, work tirelessly um, not only on what we do in children's ministry, but Terry helps us out with a lot of our media and lighting. And uh, it's not often that we get the opportunity because she's back ministering to our kids uh, to say thank you. And so we're grateful for you, grateful for your family, and grateful for uh, the part you play at Neighborhood Church. So thank you. Can we give her a hand as she... Well, I'm excited to be together this morning. It is uh, amazing to me that it is already uh, Christmas week, if we can call it that. Uh, our, our sons are flying home from college. Micah came in yesterday uh, from, from Grand Canyon, from Phoenix. And uh, our son Elijah was supposed to fly in last night, uh, but his flight sadly got canceled. And so he is flying in today. So we're grateful for the opportunity uh, that we have to have our kids home and be together as a family. I'm sure. Many of you are uh, planning some fun and exciting uh, little festivities as we come into the Christmas holiday. But I just want to take a a brief moment to thank each and every one of you who took part in our Lafayette uh, gift drive. Uh, Each year we have the privilege to partner with Lafayette Elementary, uh, both at Thanksgiving and also again at Christmas. And so uh, there was a a number of you, quite a few of you that that, um, helped out in purchasing gifts Uh, for these families that are in need. We were able to... Um, bless a number of families from Lafayette and then a couple more from North Albany Middle School uh, with both gifts for their children and food boxes. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your willingness to partner with us in blessing families right here in our neighborhood. Um, It is truly um, a a, a privilege to be able to come alongside of of those who are desiring to bring joy um, on Christmas morning. So thank you for your uh, willingness and your generosity. You know, this Little little production that the the kids put on is just an important reminder. Twas the night. It was the theme. It really represents a, a picture of the night that Jesus stepped out of heaven into earth, and and the fact that everything changed in just a single moment of Jesus saying yes uh, to the call that Father God had for him uh, to come to earth. And as we draw closer and closer to the Christmas holiday, we been unpacking the promise of Emmanuel, God with us, this, this promise of a Savior. And we want to take a look at the impact that Jesus' arrival um, in the world can have on each and every uh, season of our lives. Uh, we believe that the promise of Emmanuel, God with us, is more than just a Scripture to celebrate, more than just something that we see in the Bible that we say, isn't that great that Christmas and Jesus is the reason. For the season but but truly that we understand what was accomplished for you and for me you know the last several weeks we've talked about a few different aspects of emmanuel god with us and we've talked about the intimacy found in the presence of god with us in the valley seasons of our lives and then last week we we talked about the impact jesus arrival can have on the wilderness experiences and that as we Press into God in the wilderness; that we become more and more dependent on Him and His presence and His power in our lives. And as you recall, our text for this series is found in Matthew chapter one, verse twenty-three, and we'll start there today. If you have your Bibles, you can uh, flip to Matthew Matthew chapter one. If you don't, you can jump on the U Version Bible app and find our scriptures and notes available to you. Uh, just search. Uh, events in the neighborhood church. But in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. and They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you. We thank you for the promise of your Son, Jesus, the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. And we thank you, Father, that you desired relationship with your creation you desired restored communion with each and every one of us so you provided this way back to you through your son jesus so we celebrate uh, father your your perfect love your unconditional love that while we were still in sin you sent your son to live a perfect life and die a shameful death so we could have life eternal and life abundant father we pray that you'd speak to our hearts this morning and challenge us this season truly understand that you are with us in every moment of every day. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we prepare to celebrate Emmanuel, God with us in just a few days, God's desire truly is that we would see and sense his presence in every season and every stage of our lives and every moment of our day. That we would never go a moment without understanding that God is truly with us in everything that we do after all God's plan all along was relationship with his creation he created Adam and Eve and he desired relationship with them he walked with them in the garden of Eden you see in scripture but somewhere along the line sin entered the world and when sin entered the world we were immediately separated from God we were immediately separated from his presence and the perfect holiness of a loving and perfect God. The good news is there continues to be hope for a lost and a dying world over 2,000 years after Jesus' arrival. Amazingly, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, prophesied of Jesus' arrival, most scholars believe, over 700 years prior to Jesus arriving on the scene. If we look at that passage of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 9, starting in verse 1, it says, "...nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. And the people walking in darkness have seen a great light." On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. In verse 6 it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. What an amazing promise. Emmanuel, God with us that God would step out of heaven into earth and we would receive a Savior. The truth is, we still in the midst of this season face challenges. And the world is full of hardship. And sometimes, the most disarming hardships or struggles that we face are the ones that we don't anticipate. They're the ones that seem to come out of nowhere and smack us right between the eyes. The reality is the storms of life often come without warning. They often show up on our doorstep without any notice or any forethought. And the difficult reality is that the storms that we experience in life usually come out of nowhere. They're unanticipated. They're unexpected. You know, we spent the last couple of weeks understanding the promise of God's presence in the valleys and on the mountaintops and in the wilderness. And if you recall, when we talked about God's presence in the valley, we talked about the the idea that we can enjoy the mountaintop experiences with God, but we truly get to know Him intimately in the valley when we walk through those dark, difficult times of life. That's where we can really truly sense the presence of God. And when we talked about the wilderness last week, we talked about the fact that our deepest need can become a gift as it drives us to a total dependence on God. As it drives us to a place of saying, I depend fully on God. for my next breath, my next paycheck, my next meal. But what do we do when we face an unexpected storm? We face that difficulty that comes about and, and, and seemingly overshadows our entire life. And we don't know what to do. Have you ever found yourself in the middle of a storm, and you feel like you're not prepared? You ever been there? Right. I can remember when I was young, we, our family used to go to Seaside. Um, that was our vacation spot. We typically go went went in the winter because it was cheaper, and so I can remember we'd go to Seaside every year, and we usually stayed in a little condo and the little promenade, you know, the little walkway by the by the beach. And we would go and we would spend time there. And it was my mom and dad and my three brothers, four boys, a bunch of chaos, right? So we'd go there and one of our favorite traditions, if you know Seaside very well, you know, you walk down the promenade and you go into the little downtown area and there's, you know, the putt-putt and uh, tilt-a-whirl. And there was all these little wonderful things that you could do. The arcade. But one of our favorite traditions was going to the little ice cream store. If you remember Seaside, there's the one little ice cream store and it's right there on the, on, on the corner and we would go in there and if we were really good, we'd get waffle cones, which is kind of a big big deal, right? And I can remember one day we went down and we walked all the way down and we got our ice cream cones and we were walking back and we were all excited. I'm pretty sure I was, you know, had ice cream in on one side and little pieces of bubble gum in the other you know, as I was eating my bubble gum ice cream. And out of nowhere, this storm comes flying in and it just starts pouring. Just pouring down, torrential downpour. And we're caught in the middle of this and we're, we're, we're literally licking ice cream and, and kind of running for our lives. And, and sooner or later, we we're running and we're just like, this is ridiculous. And we all pitched our ice cream cones over the side of the promenade and we just booked it back to the, the condo for shelter. And sometimes... That's how our lives can feel, where these storms just blow in out of nowhere and they catch us unprepared. We were all in short sleeves and, you know, shorts, and and we were not ready for a torrential downpour. Let's just put it that way. But in the Northwest, we're we're all familiar with the mountains and the valleys. We're we're familiar with, with what storms can look like when it comes to the landscape that we all think is so beautiful. But in Oregon, do we really know what a legitimate storm looks or feels like? I would contend that we don't. Because if you've ever been in a real storm, they're pretty, pretty incredible, right? I mean, we just kind of essentially assume that from October to February, that's just one continuous storm. That's, that's what we get to enjoy in Oregon, right? And then the spring shows up and it gets beautiful and we all remember why we live here. But I can remember Gretchen and I took our kids on a road trip a number of years back and we took this 3,200 mile loop and we went to Montana and then we went to South Dakota and then we went to Wyoming and through Idaho and back through Bend and, and, and it was a long and exhausting trip that was also a ton of fun. I can remember as we were coming out of Wyoming into Idaho, we were driving along Beautiful day, blue sky, sun shining. All of a sudden, I looked off in the distance, and there was just this black mass in the sky. And I thought, what in the world is that? And it wasn't more than a few minutes before we were engulfed by this thunderstorm. And it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. All of a sudden, we're just engulfed in darkness and lightning and Thunder and rain and hail. I mean, it was like a bad scene out of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. It was like there was just stuff coming down everywhere. And we thought, what in the world is next? And we were engulfed by this storm. And we went from a beautiful sunny day to the dark of night in a matter of moments. And sometimes our lives just look exactly like that. We're on the mountaintop and everything's going great. And all of a sudden, boom, in a matter of moments, we're engulfed. And there's darkness everywhere. And we're just being hammered by everything at every turn. And sometimes we come to a place of going, God, what is, what is going on in our lives? What is going on? And in the midst of those storms, it's sometimes difficult to know what to do. Do we keep on going and power forward? Do we hunker down and look for shelter? Or do we just go, you know what, I've got to turn back. This is insane. And we often don't know what to do next. But The truth is, when we experience the storm, the temptation is to give up hope. Sometimes when we face the darkness, when we face the uncertainty, when things seem to be coming at us from all angles, we oftentimes they're tempted to just go, I don't know what to do. I can't handle this. And we want to give up. Because the reality is the storms come in all shapes and sizes. They, they often leave a, a trail of devastation in their wake or the storms tear through and then there's just horrific devastation. It seems like any time we turn on the TV these days, there's another hurricane or a tornado or a flood that's just devastated a community. And we look at it and we go, gosh, what in the world? And it's heartbreaking to see people without homes, without hope. You know, these storms happen so frequently that they're actually given names for identification purposes. If you read and study, and I I did that, Uh, there was a Time Magazine article talking about the National Hurricane Center and the fact that they began formally naming storms in 1950. And it's interesting, a little known fact, U.S. meteorologists began naming storms after their girlfriends and wives. Not entirely sure if that was meant to be a compliment or an insult, but I'll leave that up to your imagination, your own research. But the first storm that was recorded to be named was named in 1954. It was Hurricane Alice. And a few years later, in 1978, we, we made some real progress in our country. Equal rights for storms was embraced. They began using men's names as well. And uh, so there was an alternating fashion where you know, Hurricane Ann would be followed up by Hurricane Bernard, et cetera, et cetera, and so on and so forth. And assuredly, as you can imagine, this made the whole country feel much more at ease that we were giving equal rights to our storms. But the reality is the intensity and the destructive nature of storms can leave us all in a place of hopelessness. We face those difficulties in life when devastation shows up at our doorstep. We can often find ourselves without hope. You know, throughout the country, hurricanes and tornadoes and flooding have, have left so many without power, without homes, without hope, and people don't know what to do. And in life, the storms can hit us the same way. So many different ways. Storms of betrayal. Storms of divorce. Storms of depression and anxiety. Storms of addiction. Storms of Cancer and illness, and disease. And when these moments literally tear through our lives, we can find ourselves asking, "Where is God? Why is he allowing this to happen? Why doesn't he do something? The truth is, is the world prepared to welcome Emmanuel God with us? There were storms going on all over the place. Mary and Joseph, the nation of Israel, even Jesus, all were in the midst of a storm. Jesus is preparing to enter the scene and and enter the world, and He comes at a time of tyrannical rule in the Roman government. King Herod, fearing the prophecy of a Messiah that he'd heard all the, the murmurs of, gives an edict to murder all of the baby boys because he didn't want this Messiah, this king, to overthrow his throne, overthrow his government. So he took swift destructive action. Mary, pregnant, to, pregnant prior to her marriage to Joseph, in that day, that carried a death sentence. She was to be taken out of the, out of the city and stoned. So here's Mary, pregnant, given the responsibility to carry the Savior of the world as a teenager. Can you imagine that pressure? Hey, I know you got a whole plan for your life, Mary, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to carry the Savior of the world. Talk about pressure. And then Joseph, humiliated by Mary's pregnancy, an upstanding man who's worked his entire life planned all this, found the woman that he loves. And all of his plans all of a sudden are up in the air. And he's forced into this place of uncertainty. And to add insult to injury, he has to go to the place of his birth to report for the census. Facing a storm. And then Israel. The nation of Israel has been under oppressive Roman rule and now directed by Caesar Augustus that everyone has to go to their place of birth for the purpose of a census to be taken? And why do they conduct censuses? Anyone? So they can raise taxes. Woo! So everything was going really, really, really well. But no. There was mandates and directives all over the place being given. Does that sound familiar at all? You know, in the midst of these storms and the devastation that they bring about in our lives, we can often find ourselves tempted to just simply give up. But we have to come to this place of understanding something. We can never let the presence of a storm cause us to doubt the presence of God. Did you hear me? Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Because He's Emmanuel, God, with us. You know, amidst the the difficulty and devastation that come as a result of the storms of life, we can find hope in the unchanging presence of God. He doesn't change. His promises are good. He says He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll never let us walk through a storm alone. And we can see throughout the Bible the storms and destruction that many times threatened to cause God's people to doubt. We see it throughout Scripture. Old Testament and New Testament. People doubting where God was in the midst of a storm. One of our heroes of the faith, the Apostle Paul, in the New Testament, he faced a storm. In Acts chapter 27, which is going to be where we're going to spend the majority of our time today. Starting in verse 20, it says, "...when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days..." and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. This is Paul. We were in a storm. We were going to die. We had given up hope. Like, the guy who wrote most of the New Testament, hero of the faith, guy look, we look, look for, inspiration. That Paul. And the, the people with Paul were, were so desperate and afraid they had literally given up hope of being saved. And they were just like, we're going down with the boat. This is not going to be good. You know, in verse 17, if you go back a few verses, it actually says that they dropped anchor and they began throwing all their cargo and supplies overboard. They were so fearful they thought, let's drop anchor because we're getting tossed all over the place and let's just start chucking stuff overboard. Have you ever been, you ever been in a place... In, in life where you're so fearful that you just start pitching all the stuff that will strengthen and sustain you? Right? Come to that place where you're like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to pull back from all my relationships. I'm going to pull back from going to church. I'm going to pull back from, from giving to this organization or that. I'm gonna, I, I just need to stop. For many, the last year and a half has been that. A storm of just pulling back, dropping anchor, and throwing everything overboard. Scripture says they had given up all hope of being saved. Perhaps you find yourself in a similar place. The storms of life are tossing you to and fro and there's no relief. There's no refuge. You can't see past the darkness. And you find yourself saying, I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm never going to have a child. No way I will ever graduate. I'm always going to struggle with depression and anxiety. It feels like the storms of life just continue to rage. You know, in the midst of the storm, we can look to cast blame for our circumstances. We can look around and say, well, it's because of this and it's because of that and it's Acts 27.21, it says, After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. Nice encouraging little moment there from Paul. As spiritual of a giant as Paul was, he apparently wasn't above a brief little I told you so moment. Hey guys, remember we had that conversation? I said we shouldn't sail from Crete. Yeah. yeah. Do I need to say it? But when we face a storm, we often want to find something or someone to blame. Life just keeps hammering me, you know. Life is life is hard and, you know, the devil caused this trial. It's his fault. Sometimes I think we maybe need to look in the mirror. Sometimes we sail ourselves right into storms by the decisions we make in life. We're in the storm because we spent too much money. We said something hurtful before we thought about how it might be received, and it's broken a relationship. We pro- procrastinated on something. It's something I've never struggled with at all. Why, we, why, why do today what you can put off till tomorrow? It's a, isn't that in Proverbs somewhere? But you procrastinated on something important and you and you missed out. Missed out on an opportunity. You didn't listen to the caring people in your life and decided to date someone who wasn't good for you. And it ended up being a destructive relationship. In my life, it was my mom and dad, mostly, who tried to warn me, tried to help me my decision-making processes. And and I had some friends that knew me and I know loved me and tried to talk sense into me along the way. And then there was pastors and people in spiritual authority over me who would sometimes impart wisdom and knowledge just by saying you're being an idiot. Right? But there's people in our lives that try and warn us. But if if we look at this story, Apostle Paul and all these people that are on the ship with him, Maybe one of the reasons that they gave up hope was because they were in the storm because of the decision they made. They made the decision to sail from Crete. You know, it's it's easy to believe God will get you out of the storm if God allowed you into it. Right? It's Like, okay, God, I'll find myself in this storm. I know you're going to get me out of it. Sometimes it's a little bit more difficult when you know that you placed yourself in the storm. I can be tougher to believe that God will get you out of it. And for some of the, the crew that found themselves with Paul, they were in the boat in the storm and it wasn't their fault. They didn't want to sail from Crete in the first place. They were the ones like, no. You know, when they took the little vote, they were the, the nay votes. They didn't want to go to Crete and Now they're in the midst of a storm because of somebody else's dumb decision. You ever been in that place in life where you're in the storm because of someone else's decision? Careful, don't raise your hands because the person might be sitting right next to you and that could get a little bit awkward for everybody. But we sometimes struggle through the storms of life and at the end of the day, we can't let the storms push us to a place of doubting God's presence at work in our situation. Here's here's the reality. God's presence precedes peace. Do you realize that? The presence of God in our lives is what brings about peace. Not an absence of. His presence is what provides us peace. And the truth is, peace is never the absence of a storm in your life. It's never. Peace isn't about not facing difficulty or struggles. We have this, uh, this little sign in our house that was given to us by uh, my sister-in-law. She used to make these cute little signs that you, you know, put your little favorite sayings. Or, you know, we have one that says, you know, Clements family established in 1999. Super cute. Hangs on the front of our house but she she put this one together that says peace it does not mean to be in the mid in a place where there is no noise trouble or hard work means to be in the midst of those things and still be calm in your heart peace is about that it's understanding and embracing the presence of god in our lives because the reality is you'll you'll face storms in life and at times it will feel as if true peace is something you will never experience but if we press into the presence of God, we can experience peace in the most horrific of storms. Peace is not found in the absence of difficulty. It's found in acknowledging and embracing the presence of God in the midst of it. In the midst of the storm, we embrace and acknowledge God's presence. When we're facing uncertainty and the response would be to give up and just start chucking everything overboard. God says, no, I'm here. Your parents got a divorce. Your, your company made a bad decision and it's affected you. You trusted someone and they let you down. You may find yourself in the midst of a storm. But God is with you in the storm. Paul offers us this encouragement in the face of the storm. Acts twenty seven twenty two. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. What an amazing picture of God's presence. Listen, none of you will die, none of you will be destroyed. Because an angel of God came and stood beside me in the midst of the storm last night. What a powerful realization by Paul that God's presence was with him and his shipmates in the storm, that they weren't alone, that there was hope. You know, God is with you in the storm in more ways than you can imagine. Angels around you. His Spirit dwells within us, is what Scripture says. That when we step into relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in and resides and guides us and leads us and comforts us. So, whatever you face today or tomorrow, God hears your prayers and your cries for help. His presence is always there to comfort and guide you without fail. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God in your life. Because He's faithful. He's with you. And the reality is true peace is found in the unchanging power and presence of God. You want to experience real peace? Press into the power and the presence of God. You want to understand what it means to have hope in the midst of uncertainty and chaos and confusion in life? Step into the power and presence of God. Because in the midst of all of it, He's with us. What an amazing promise that God's presence is constant and without fail. Do you believe that? That was pretty weak. Do you believe that God's presence is constant and without fail? Because it's a desire. It's a decision. It's a confession when we face the storm to claim that promise over our lives. People will come and go in our lives, but we can always depend on God. We can depend on a relationship with Him. We can depend on His presence. We can depend on His provision, His protection, His power. His peace, we can depend on Him. Second Timothy 4.16, Paul encourages Timothy. He says, Everyone deserted me, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Everybody else took off, but God stood with me. Maybe that's where you find yourself. Everybody else has taken off. Guess what? God is standing with you. And David, the psalmist in Psalm chapter 16, verse 8, he says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right where? Beside me. It's right beside me. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what's going on in your life. But you may be facing the biggest, most impossible. Darkest storm that you've ever faced in your life. The reality is, God is standing right beside you. He's walking with you, He's holding on to you. He's going to strengthen you. When we face the storms of life, it's all about who's with us in the boat. They failed to realize who was in the boat with them, started chucking stuff overboard. Freaking out. We see it in Matthew and Mark, the disciples, they're all in the boat. They're trying to go across, across the lake, and there's this terrible storm, and the boat's being tossed around. They're all freaking out, running around, you know, oh ah, my gosh, we're going to die. This ship is going down, and we're going to drown. And Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the boat. And they're fearful they're going to drown. But here's the question why were they afraid? They had seen and witnessed. The presence and the power of Jesus. They had seen His miracle working power and yet they were still scared. Jesus simply spoke to the wind and the waves and said, peace be still and everything settled. Church, peace is not the absence of a storm. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus found when we press into the power and the presence of God. Let's go back to our text in Acts 27. In verse 23, it says, Last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. Super encouraging message from the angel. No. Wait, let me read that again. The angel tells Paul in essence, you can't go down in this boat. You still have to stand trial before Caesar. Sweet! That was just what I was hoping for. God's encouragement is that He wants to bring us through the storm. God is basically saying, you can't go down in this battle. I have another battle for you to fight. In essence, I'm not finished with you yet. There's more people for you to touch. There's more people for you to bless. There's more opportunities for you to give. There's more people for you to point to Jesus. I'm not done with you yet. God will use what you learn in this storm to help someone else through theirs. Do you realize that? God is going to take what you learn learn in this season in this storm and he's going to help somebody and bless somebody through what he's taking you through you've survived cancer help someone else with their fight and strengthen their faith you've overcome unfaithfulness and infidelity in your marriage you can help others to find forgiveness and restoration you've climbed out of debt tell others that it can be done That mountain of debt sometimes feels like a mountain that cannot be climbed. It's impossible. So tell others that it can be done and maybe even show them how. Show them how to create a budget. You're 185 days clean and sober. Tell others that Jesus can deliver them too. There's hope to be given when we press into the promise of Emmanuel, God with us. Acts 27-25, So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as He told me. Have faith. Because it will happen just as He told me. Faith cannot be merely in what we see. Right? Faith is found in what God says. The storm may be raging. It may be dark. You may not know what's going on. Our faith cannot be in what we see or cannot see. Our faith has to be in what God says. What does the Word of God say? What do His promises look like? Are we claiming the power and the presence of God in our lives today? Or are we only paying attention to what we can see and the storm that's raging around us? Because His promises are yes and amen is what Scripture says. Faith is not in the boat that we're in. It's, faith is found in the One who commands the wind and the waves. It's not in what we can see, but in the One who speaks to the wind and to the storm and it obeys. Here's the reality. You can't always control your situation or when the storm hits or how long it hits or how long it stays or, or what happens in your life. You can't control those things You can't control what people do or what people think. But you can control who you listen to and what you say. What your confession looks like in response to the storm. You can always control where you place your faith. Be confident what God says will happen. Promises are there so that we know that when God speaks, He means what He says. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be your firm foundation. I'll be your shelter, your strong tower. Psalm 46, starting in verse 1. God is our shelter and strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not be afraid, even if the earth is shaken and mountains fall into the ocean depths even if the seas roar and rage and the hills are shaken by the violence. Even then. Why? Because God's our shelter. He's our strength. You may be in the midst of a storm today, but God will be your shelter. You may feel like you don't have the strength to pick yourselves up and walk out of this room. God will be your strength. The economy is in flux. Relationships are breaking down. You don't get the job that you had hoped you got. So, what's our confession? That's the only thing that we can control. He is what I need. He is my safety. He's my strength. He's my comforter. He's my source. He's my redeemer. He's my sustainer, my provider, my assurance. He is my salvation. What an amazing gift. Emmanuel, God with us, stepped out of heaven into Earth to live a perfect life, to die a shameful death, to be resurrected again, so that you and I could have relationship with God. so that we have peace amidst the storm. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God, because he's here. He's with you. He's walking. He's standing right beside you. Remember, peace isn't found in the absence of a storm. Peace is found in the presence and promise of Emmanuel, God with us. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Father, we thank You. We thank You for the promise of a Savior. We, th- we thank You that You saw us in our sin, that You saw us And we didn't deserve to be saved. But Father, because of Your great love, You reached down from heaven. You sent Your Son so that we could have life. So that we could have relationship. So that we could receive forgiveness from the mistakes we've made in life. God, You're faithful. And I thank You that You walk with us you stand with us. You lead us. You guide us every moment of every day. And so today, even as we walk through the valleys, even as we traipse onto the mountaintops, as we find ourselves in the wilderness, as we walk through the storm, God, we know that You're with us. Emmanuel. We thank You for the promise of Your presence and your power. God, we love you and we thank you. You never leave us, you never forsake us. So we receive that promise today. And perhaps this morning you find yourself in this place saying, I've never made the decision to follow Jesus with my whole heart. I've never really known what it looks like to follow. God, whether you're in this place or tuning in with us online, we don't want to move forward without giving you the opportunity to say yes to God. The Bible says in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but would have everlasting life this incredible promise that when we step into belief and relationship with God, He invites us into His family. And in Romans, it says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. It's that simple. Step into relationship with Jesus. We acknowledge Him. and We acknowledge our need of Him. So in a moment, we're going to say a prayer together as a church family. And we invite you to say that prayer with us if you've never made the decision to follow Jesus or you've walked away from your walk with Him. we want to give you the chance to say yes to God today. We invite Emmanuel, God, with us into this season. Church family, can we say this prayer together? Say, Father God, please forgive me. I've sinned and I've made a lot of mistakes. I believe Your Son Jesus Christ came to this earth to show me how to live. And He died and was raised back to life so that I could have a relationship with You. I ask You today to come into my heart to be the Lord of my life. Change the things in me I can't change as I choose to live for You today. In Jesus' name, amen. What an amazing promise that if you're walking through the storm today that God is with you. He's walking with you. He's standing right beside you. And it's that hope that people need this season. You may be walking, walking by people at work or in the, in the supermarket or wherever you may be. There are people who are desperately searching for hope. It's up to us to share. It's up to us to bring Emmanuel, God with us, into our community. So as we prepare to celebrate this season, we invite you to come back on Christmas Eve as we finalize this conversation of God with us and truly celebrate who Jesus is and the impact He has had in each one of our lives and our families. Uh, We'll be together at 6 o'clock Christmas Eve we'd love to have you back Um, and then we will be here next Sunday um, at our usual times I pray God's blessing on you and your families um, as you come together this season to celebrate what God is doing in your lives and in your families and in your loved ones Uh, we do have a wonderful little uh, cookie reception in the the commons just go right down the hall and it's on your right and we also have a photo booth if you'd like to have your picture taken with your family please enjoy that But as we go out of this place, let's take the hope of Emmanuel with us and let's be the neighborhood to our community. We love you. Have a wonderful week. Merry Christmas.